Another edition, star-studded edition of the Behind the You podcast. First and foremost, it is brought to you by UFIT Gyms. Train together, win together. Introducing UFIT Gyms as the official fitness center for the Miami Hurricanes. Ready to join? All it takes is a dollar down. Let's go Canes. And joining us now, Jesse Armstead, former linebacker, two-time national champ, 10 years or so in the NFL. Jesse, thanks for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me, man. No problem. So let's start with the good stuff. Can you talk to me? Uh, I guess every freshman class goes through. They call. I don't know. Maybe hazing isn't the right word, but I was told I should ask you about that story. And my guys told me they got it done with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I, I, one thing I believe in is something that everybody went through traditionally, but I would not let nobody do something that's not traditionally to me. I gotcha. So what was the tradition? Shaving to the head? Uh, Shaving the head, I already had a little haircut, so there, there really wasn't too much to do. Okay, uh, I wasn't the type of guy who had no long dreads or uh, big afro, uh, so <laughs> and they just shaved me down one more inch, you know. I gotcha. Was there a little resistance? You know, at first I thought about you know uh, uh, showing my strength, but then I realized too many, <laughs> too many. I gotcha. Strength in numbers, right? So you back down. Yeah, a lot of strength in numbers around there. <laughs> I got you. Now, let me ask you this. Being a Texas guy, I heard uh, the Texas guys like to drive Mustangs. Truth Was any truth to that? <laughs> yeah, it was the fastest car on the street at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to do with SMU in the old days or no? <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, SMU was giving out Mustangs back in the day, but no, nah, that wasn't the reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess Miami was known for its speed, right? So you got to have the, the fastest car going. Yeah. <laughs> get to the stuff that the fans I'm sure want to hear about how hard exactly were you recruited out of high school well you know you know hey it's, it's known that I was a top recruit so uh, yes sir I was heavily recruited uh, by every school um, and I just wanted to find a place that would like Carter High School um, where you you just wanted the boys and you had to come out and compete and and play ball so how, who 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 was in it to the end? Like if it wasn't Miami, where would you have gone? Who was second? Well, I, you know, I was looking at Baylor. Baylor. Yes, I was looking at Texas A&M. Okay. And uh, then I just I landed on Miami. I went to UCLA, USC. Miami was the right spot. It, it fitted the demographic of the kind of team I just left from high school uh, at the University of Miami. So how good was that high school team? Uh, we're the best in the country. Uh, and still today, uh, there won't never be a team that matched that team. Uh, we were just guys from the neighborhood. To, in today's game, you go out and recruit guys from different areas and things like that all over the country. We was out of the same neighborhood and just played ball and, and the talent was there. So, like, when were you deemed best in the country? Well, if you look at uh, USA Today Parade magazine, I was listed number one line back in the country as a sophomore in high school. Oof. So you were recruited as a 10th grader, you were, people were coming after you. Yeah, it was already set in stone uh, uh, my sophomore year. Okay, okay. Did your teammates ever clamor for some of that attention? Uh, my teammates, they were, no, they, they, they did a great job. I mean, uh, we had Derek Evans, who was number one uh, defense back in the nation, uh, going to University of Tennessee. He had, you know, uh, Gary uh, Edwards, who was a star running back, cornerback for us that were going to, University of Houston uh, had all the accolades and Clifton Abraham went to Florida State, was a great cornerback. So we had a, a loaded team from guys in the neighborhood and 
a lot of guys fed off uh, the name that we had and wound up getting like 21 guys scholarships, you know? I gotcha. So any, what was like the craziest recruiting story? If you're the number one guy in the country, I imagine stuff got pretty crazy. Well, you know, it, it, it was 15 of us went to uh, Baylor University. Um, on a recruiting trip. On a recruiting trip, you know. And, hey, we got into it with the Baylor uh, football team. And, you got into it? Yeah, we got into it with them. And, Why? Uh, Why? And <laughs> one of our guys uh, had a little confrontation with one of, their, one of their players. So that's what got it started. And, and we were 15 deep, and they probably like, you know, 40 deep. But we had 15 true guys willing to do whatever, you know what I mean? And so, so how did that how did that end up? How did that it end ended up? up where you know the you know the campus police came and different stuff like that and the coaches the, G, the GAs and everybody else kind of got in between the stuff and uh, I settled it off that you know uh, we went our way and they went their way. So did that scratch Baylor off the list? No, that didn't scratch Baylor off. It made it scratch some players if I decided to come. They would have got let go. <laughs> you mean guys that were still on the roster? Yeah, guys that were at Baylor, they would have been let go if I decided to come there. <laughs> right. But let's remember, you're the number one recruit in the country. Yeah. Don't mess with him. Don't mess with him. No, I had the number one DB in the nation that was the best in the country, too. <laughs> Who? At your school? Yeah. Derek Evans. Yeah. Okay. So they so they wanted both you guys. Oh, uh, yeah. they uh, Everybody wanted this. <laughs> who um who was the coach back then at Baylor? Uh, I think Tapwood earlier. I gotcha. Yeah, I gotcha. So what did, so what, what was the mystique? So what, how much did you know about Miami before they started recruiting you? Obviously, I guess in 83, they would have won in 87. They would have won. So clearly their profile uh, and the brand was pretty big. Is it a school you thought you wanted to go to? Like as you started getting recruiting, were they on your radar? No, the sad part about everything was that everybody was trying to recruit me when I was sophomore and uh, college really w wasn't a, a thing in my mind, you know. I just knew everybody wanted me at the time. But I decided, you know, to read, the, like Miami, I didn't know the history of Miami at all. I was just trying to go to the schools that, that I felt like I wanted to visit to see. We also had a trip scheduled for Hawaii. So we <laughs> were just trying to go to a place we ain't never seen before. We 17 years old, never been on an airplane before. So we were just trying to see, we went to California to see, you know, L.A., you know, you talked about kids from the neighborhood and, and you had mentioned this before in, in other media and interviews you've done over time. Just like like you said, it wasn't get, it, prep schools. It wasn't like kids getting recruited. It was it was your your the guys in, in, in your neighborhood and where you grew up. So what was that area like? Well, you know, it, it was a, a lower income, but it wasn't the worst or the worst, but it was a lower income. You know, most uh, single parent homes, you know, what I mean? but if you used to live in there all the time, you don't think nothing about it, you know? Somebody else might look at it and say, whoa, look at her. But no, we just looked at it. We were living a great life where we were living at and we enjoyed playing ball. And then we looked at the other teams that we played against in high school that had different kind of, you know, facilities and things like that. But that's what made it easy for me to go to University of Miami. I went looking at facilities. If you look at facilities, you look at schools like, at the time, Nebraska, a team like, you know, Texas A&M that had big facilities. You know, you're just looking for someone to, uh, uh, to play ball at, you know? So what sold you on Miami? What was the, what was the appeal? Well, first of all, I went to UCLA, very nice, beautiful campus. The players were real respectful and had a great time there. Turn around, the next trip was back, I think, the University of Miami. And when I got to University of Miami, it was like going from one place. <laughs> no, no, but you're laughing. Wait, wait, wait. The people, this is a podcast. People can't see your face. 
That's not that's not a happy smile. That's like a mischievous smile right there. That's no, because it's like, you know, like I was at Carter High School and, in it, you know, it was the toughest place you can play at and deal with guys at. And but when we turned around and went to University of Miami, it was identical. It was an identical place, you know, where you had the, the best athletes, uh, cocky people, uh, guys that feel like, you know, hey, we don't care if you're no one player in the nation. Hey, we want to see can you really play ball? You know what I mean? I'm like, hey man, that's where I come from. I come from the hardest part. You want to play when you play talking about football? I come from Texas. And nobody can compare to us in Texas playing football. So do you remember who you met on your trip? Like who some of those guys that were like, hey, I don't care who you are. I see the competition or the swag. Like, who are some of the guys you met? You know what? At the time I didn't I really know I really didn't know them. I, I didn't <laughs> I, I really didn't care. I just, you know, you know, like most times I always be a little loud mouth, you know. I met Robert Bailey on my trip and Bailey was a little bit of DB just talking all the time. But, but other than that, there was a few more guys, but I looked past them because I realized when I got on campus, like I said, if I had the opportunity to play, give me just the opportunity. I won't come in and I won't be the man on the campus. I imagine you connected with Jimmy. Oh yeah, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy was my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy was my guy, you know, so. Uh, I always felt like I always had a close relationship with him uh, during the recruiting process. Then also when I got to the University of Miami, me and Jimmy Jones got real close. Jimmy was from where? Okeechobee. Okeechobee. I heard you were close with all the, the all the Texas guys. You, Kevin Williams, C.J. Richardson, John Harris, that was your crew. Yeah, we were about like eight or nine deep, and we rolled like that. You know what I mean? Like, where you see one, you see nine. What would you think of the Miami guys, like as football players? You know what? Great athletes. Uh, they had the same kind of attitudes we had, you know, I believed in ourselves. Uh, they were the best and we were glad to join in with them. But uh, we also had our standard, what we believed in also. The Texas standard, Dallas standard. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, people think, you know, South Florida talent's the best. I imagine back then you were like, nah, come on, come to Dallas and play. You'll see what's up. No, nah, everybody know where the football players come from, you know, like where, where, where? from Texas. <laughs> Florida probably be ranked probably second or third behind the California, but you deal with football. The home is Texas, you know what I mean? And hey, we came to, we came to Florida State, you know what I mean? Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFit Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFit on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFit Gyms. So what, so what finally sealed the deal for you? You said, you know, you're looking at all these schools, you kind of, you, you like this, you kind of like the city, you like the vibe, the facilities weren't a big deal. You liked that, that, that there was an attitude about the team, but what finally said, what, what finally made you say, that's where I want to go? You know, when I seen the guys and, and you seen the passion they had, uh, the attitude that they carry, the swag they had, I came from a program identical. I mean, identical to the University of Miami. I came from one of the biggest programs, not for us facilities and things like that, but for us tradition and things. And the guys, you know, at the University of Miami had that, and they had that it about them. And I want to be part of that it, and I came in and joined them. You did not want a red shirt, correct? Well, not necessarily. I told them just one thing. I wanted the opportunity to be a first shake to be able to play. Because if I had a first shake, I wouldn't be a starter. And that's all I asked for. And if they didn't see that, then they could redshirt me. And I came in, and I proved it. They didn't redshirt me because I wasn't going to stay in school but three years. That was automatic in my mindset. 
And did Jimmy tell did Jimmy tell you, hey, look, I'll I'll give you that chance? Yeah. Was he was he, was he open and truthful about that? Oh, absolutely. That's what he told me. He said, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to come in here and play as a true freshman. And uh, if you can come in and play, then we won't research you. You know, if you can't, if you don't, then we'll research you. And that's all I asked for because I know my talent. I knew there wouldn't be nobody that could stop me. Only person could stop me that did stop me was myself. Let me ask you this, because you said you were the number one recruited player in the nation in high school as a linebacker. But I know when, you know, Jimmy's always been, Jimmy Johnson, that is, was always been, you know, his kind of recruiting philosophy based around speed and moving guys kind of down levels, you know, safeties of linebackers, linebackers. Did you play safety at all in high school? Were you truly a linebacker? I've been a truly linebacker. Always a backer. Truly. I just had the speed to be a safety. I had speed to do anything. So I was fortunate in that way, you know? So when I got to pros, that's what happened. We, we, Miami, we never came off the field. Nickel and dime defense, I just played the slot. And so when I got to the pros, when they run the nickel and dime, I was so used to being out there on the field. That's what, that was a great thing about it. I stayed on the field the whole time. So now let me ask you this. You get there, you get to Miami, and obviously, we, you know, you felt like you were going to fit in. You wanted a chance to play. We know what they accomplished. So when you got, when you finally got on campus and you got, you put the pads on and, and went to practice, were you still just as confident in your ability that you were, had the ability to play day one? Absolutely. So where I come from playing football was the hardest place you can come from playing. I mean, Freddie James, a legendary coach. We didn't, it was like, it was a bloodbath when we were in high school, a bloodbath when I got to the University of Miami uh, on, on Green Tree. So, uh, it was just one one stage to the next stage. So uh, it was something I was used to. I, I'm used to everything that came with the University of Miami. So any any guys your freshman year, you get on the field, and do you ever look at someone and go, man, even though I'm confident in myself, that guy over there, he's pretty good too. Oh, yeah, a lot of talent. I mean, for us, like, <laughs> when you just get on the field all the time, and I'm in the slot position uh, co covering, you know, Wesley Carroll. Wesley was tough in the slot position, you know, and – uh, that was a, that was a challenge to me, you know, and then to get my uh, my roommate, he get up there and he was a heck of a challenge, Kevin Williams. But those are that's the talent I was used to coming from. You know what I mean? Dealing with Kevin. And then you see Wesley. I thought Wesley would be the next Jerry Rice in the NFL because every night when I go to sleep, I'm like, dang, I got to cover Wesley the next morning. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one thing I forgot to ask you about Jimmy, right? Jimmy leaves before your first year. How did that go? Uh, obviously, being the, the stature in terms of where you were from a recruiting standpoint, how did that conversation go? How, how did you receive it? Well, Jimmy gave me a call and told me that, you know, he was going to take the Dallas job before everybody knew about it. I told him I would take it, too. Now I was looking at it and saying, wow, he's going to the Dallas Cowboys. I played the University of Miami. I can't help but go to the Dallas Cowboys next. You know what I mean? You know? <laughs> I grew up in Texas, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And everything, the process went on and I talked with Erickson and he said he won't leave everything the same. And uh, I wasn't trying to transfer at school, but I had the option if I really wanted to. Now you had the option meaning yourself or he said you had the option? I had the option. Did you think, did you seriously consider it? No, I never considered it, but I knew I had the option and uh, I didn't want to. Uh, the program stayed the same. Uh, it wouldn't be hard, you know, to, to change the whole program, you know, so... Uh, I can adapt to any kind of system. And uh, Erickson came in and he kind of just put hands off and let the guys play ball. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. 
The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. All right, Jesse. So when you got in there, who kind of who kind of showed you the way? There's always got to be the, up, the older guys that kind of put their arm around you and show you the way. So who showed you the way? Well, what <laughs> what really happened when I first got in there, Jimmy Jones. Uh, that's when they were trying to do all the uh, the freshman cut your hair and everything else. And they can say what they wanted to say, but many didn't want to come in there and deal with me by cutting my hair. But then Jimmy Jones pulled up, and he was the guy at the University of Miami. That's who. That was that was the guy. And so Jimmy came and he told me, say, you know what? Come on, ride with me. I'm like, oh, Lord, man, where are you going to take me to? I, I had no choice but to get in, the, in, in his truck. So you don't mess with Jimmy Jones? No, nah, no. Nah. I'm like, oh, man, where is he going to take me? You know what I mean? And so he rode me around the corner. He talked to me a little while. He said, I like your attitude. He said, you ain't scared of nothing. He said, but if you ever buck up to me again, We'll have a we'll have a major problem, <laughs> <laughs> and we me and him been friends for forever. <laughs> so what he would he so he convinced you to have your hair cut, or he did cut your hair? No, he did cut my hair now, but he convinced me that you can kind of chill out. You know what I mean? It's just part of it. You know what I mean? I got and you. I, and so that's why I, got I heard you. I heard now. I heard you were a little defiant when you came in. Well, hey, I was I was who I was. You know, like like. Don't mess with Jesse. No, no, don't. You know what I mean? Hey, I respect the guys at the University of Miami. We had a lot of, I mean, like, we had some, we got true, had true dogs on that team, you know? And they ran that team the right way. You know, they were, they were alpha males, you know what I mean? I got gotcha. you. But I always looked at myself as being an apex predator, you know? Apex, what apex you call apex predator? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, if you look up apex predator, that's overall apex. That's you. Yeah, that's how I always think of myself. Still today. <laughs> Anybody else? an apex predator with Jesse Armstead. Oh, hey, I'm quite sure all of them thought the same thing too. I, hey, <laughs> we got to have some kind of mindset when you, you know, you play in the University of Miami, the hottest school in the, uh, in the 80s and the 90s, you know? So we'll go anywhere and we play anybody and we had that attitude, all of us. So who ran, who ran the locker room? So like if Jimmy Jones spoke, people listened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was a freshman, that was the guy, Jimmy Jones, you know? And he was older than you. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Walter. Jimmy was a senior. You know, he was he was the man. All right. Well, so what was like Cortez like in Russell? As <laughs> a, a world world. Me and, me, and, me and Cortez were real close. Uh, Cortez wanted as a uh, when I was a freshman, Cortez was senior. Cortez wanted he was going to play. But me and it was friends. You know, just being friends because he wasn't gonna get on the field. And when Jimmy got hurt doing the, I think the first or second game, they had no choice but to put Cortez in. And Cortez went to work and became third pick of the whole draft in the NFL. Wait, in one year? In one year. Cortez was, really wasn't going to play at all. As a senior? As a senior. Oh, Mo. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody tell you any different, they're telling you a story. Cortez wasn't going to play at all. And that's how Cortez came about. Jimmy heard his, uh, MCL, he was out for like three weeks and they had no trouble with Cortez in and Cortez went to work and Cortez worked every week and he became the third pick of the draft, man. <laughs> and then 
his history of in the NFL is unheard of. Ten-time Pro Bowler, Hall of Famer, All Pro. Hey, <laughs> now you, I'm you, you played with some dudes now: Cortez, Russell, Jimmy Jones, Tiger, Maurice Crum. We mentioned Jimmy Jones, Greg Mark, your buddies, Barrow and Smith. Y'all was a, that's a bad freaking group. Oh no, no, it. That's what I told you. It was dog, it was dogs there when I got there. You know what I mean? So, so I'm not. I never take nothing away from that team. You know what I mean? So, uh, you learn a lot. You learn a lot from like a guy like Tiger. Tiger don't back down from nobody. You know what I mean? So those are things that you 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 take as a young man coming in. But I always had that swag coming in. But I took you know you, you learn something from everybody. I don't care if you take two percent or five percent, but you take enough. And then you look at your own self being like, you know, 60 to 70% of who you are, but you know, stole 30% from the rest of the people around you. What'd you take from Barrow? And what'd you take from Darren? Well, one thing about Darren, Darren was smooth. I'm talking about somebody that can cover real smooth. He looked effortless when he uh, covered a tight end. That's what I took from Darren, you know, uh, smart and just smooth and had a lot of speed. Barrow, Barrow come in, he want to bang to the side. He, he had a loud mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he wanted to be the one who lined the whole defense up and set everything up, you know what I mean? And and Barrow, between the gaps, uh, played the run well as anybody that you want to see come through, you know. So how'd you guys get along? We got along great, you know what I mean? Every brought, everybody brought a different thing. I just looked at myself being like Superman. I brought everything. I didn't have the one thing to point at, you know? The way you talk, I'm like, I could still hear, I hear in Jesse, a guy that could, who could still strap it up. Well, you know what? <laughs> If, if my knee can make it, <laughs> knee can make it past five plays, and I'd be good. But I, I think I can get two or three in. But other than that, no. Nah. So when you got hurt, how how devastating was that? It was devastating because I never been hurt before. I was Superman. You know what I mean? The first time I ever been hurt, and then I have an ACL and ACL, MCL, and the kneecap. And still, the day people see people come back from, it. I came back in eight months. That's unheard of when I came back. So I guess two things. One is, was that ever told to you? Was, was it ever told to you, hey, man, I don't know if this you can come back from this? Was that conversation ever had? Oh, yeah. When, when I first did it, I mean, like, that was like uh, taboo. It's really over with for you, you know? And people look at you like it was over with. Dr. Dr. Uribe was the only doctor that came over to me that day. And everybody else was looking like, you know, like, oh, my God, what's wrong? You know, like, I had something wrong with me. He came over and said, hey, you got a road to travel, you know? And he said, he want, he want to try a new surgery, the ACL, and put the slit through the front of my knee when Michael Irvin just had this, did up both sides of his knee, you know? And uh, he did that for me, and um, uh, I rehab. I couldn't rehab back in the facility. I used to have to go to the hospital and rehab. So, so I, that's why I had to walk over there every day on my crutches. So it, it was a long road. How grueling. I imagine that rehab was not fun. Yeah, no, it, it, was, it was challenging. It was real challenging. And then University of Miami, they had no choice. Uh, they went out and got another linebacker, and, and they did all the by Robert Bass and brought him in from JUCO. And I'm already depressed. I go over there and see him. I'm like, let me just see how he look. I guarantee you, he's nothing. I get over there. He looked like a real linebacker, you know, ripped all up. I got on my crutch. I went back to my dorm room and laid it back down. <laughs> Lose another five pounds. <laughs> And so, <laughs> and, then, and then so when the spring game finna start, you know, I said, well, I went over there the next time. And I'm like, well, I guarantee you can't play. You just look like that. 
And he was out there hitting everybody. Pow, pow. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I, go look. I went back to my dorm, lose another five more pounds. And then so the media asked me, like, what are you going to do? You know, I, I had no other choice. Tell them. Me at 70%, I get my starting job back and I'd be the man. And I can't, I had no choice. What else could I say? You know? So, so you start fall camp and, and, and are you running with the ones from the beginning? Yeah. I, I, I get my starting job right back. No more Robert Bass. Well, he wound up getting drafted higher than me. So that's poor for him. <laughs> but you got something that's because you got hurt again, right? Yeah. Uh, the same year I, I turned my right shoulder up and had to get that reconstructed. So I just played with a, a sling on during that time. And then right before we played the national championship game, Warren Sapp come through there playing around, knocked my shoulder all out again. And me and him still arguing today about that. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> he the one knocked my shoulder back out. It was already messed up. And I was trying to make it. Is this, an, is this, an, is this before you played Bama? No, we, we, no, we played uh, my, they were just my junior. We were playing uh, Nebraska for the national championship. And he came through playing the day before the game. And my shoulder already, I normally have a harness thing on. He knocked it out. I'm like, oh, man, I'm back to ground zero. You know, all the pain and everything else. But I played in that championship game. I started. We had a great game. We beat them real good. So after that, I had the surgery. And coming into my senior year, and you know, I just, you know, like, I never had these injuries before. So my thing was like, hey, I got this knee. I got the shoulder. I just need to make it through a season, you know. And I made it through. I played played hard. Made it through the season. I was fortunate, and I got drafted in the eighth round. So when you got drafted, were you grateful, or were you a little? I'm not sure. Upset's the right word, but you know, because of the injuries that hey, I'm better than an eighth round pick. Well, I never was upset about that by being drafted in the eighth round, but I knew everybody that went before me wasn't better than me, you know. But nobody else would. But I can't blame NFL teams. Why would you buy a wrecked car when you can get a new car, you know? And that's how I always looked at it, you know? But I went in there with the attitude that, that I want to show everybody, and I made sure that my first year I made all rookie team. Who drafted you, Parcells? No, uh, it was uh, uh, Dan Reeves. Oh, okay. Well, Parcells had just left and brought in Dan Reeves to be the head coach. Okay, so you played with a chip, on, a literal chip on your shoulder. I played on chip on my shoulder and still had the same chip right now. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. Yeah. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! You didn't play in the Cotton Bowl in 91, right? No, I was very upset about that, too. I was mad. I was going to ask you, did you wish you would have played in that one? No, I, I was too messed up. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I barely could walk, but I, I respect Coach Erickson because they won't let me get in for one snap at quarterback. Hike the ball, let me kneel it down. And I just didn't think I, my body could hold up to do it, you know? You were dressed? I, I, yeah, I had my pants, everything on. You know what I mean? On the sideline. He wanted you to, why? And he wanted you to play because it was Texas? Yeah, because you were home play, you know what I mean? So I didn't think I could hold up because I barely could walk, you know? So I was like, mm. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. So listen, uh, you're not someone that was accustomed to losing, right? I don't, I can't imagine you lost too much at Carter High School. You didn't lose too much at the University of Miami. But when you did lose, how, how did you and or the team handle that? 
you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, I wound up losing two games in high school and I think like four, right? Two games, of co- three games of college, two games of college. Yeah. So it, it was a slim number, you know? So uh, it, it, it's hard to, to, to accept losing at all, period. But you just go back and you, you just grind and work hard to not lose. It was a reflection when I first got to the pros because we had an 11-5 season. We went all the way to the NFC championship game. But I was so mad because we lost them five games and I had a running back named Rodney Hampton. He was like, hey, man. You're young, man. You don't realize that it's not the University of Miami. You're going to lose some games in the pros. And I was like, I said, I don't even want to play with guys like that with this kind of weak attitude mindset. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, but then I had to realize that he was right. You will lose in the pros some games. And five games, not bad in the pros to lose. But five games, I didn't lose five games ever. I was about to say. You know? I was about to say. Yeah. So, like, you're flying back from Provo, Utah. That must not have been a fun flight. Oh, no, 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 no. Absolutely. Uh, I, I hate, I just hate it. I mean, it's funny. I've had a lot of you, a lot of guys on here and a lot of guys that have won, won a lot. And there's always a couple losses. And I always ask this, does the Alabama game still burn you today? Yeah, it does. Because one thing you realize how sniffy that game was. And we, as you get older, you realize that we should have won that game. And the only thing you can blame is yourself more than anything. And that's just a game that we should have won, you know. You wanted the third ring. Yeah, and we, you know what, we didn't display what we should have displayed. Starting when before the game, we had fights amongst each other, people getting into it, things like that. That's not an excuse to say we shouldn't have won the game because we always had rottenness no matter what the circumstances were. But we should have realized as a team how significant that would have been to win that uh that game now were you on in 91 when you guys played florida state i think that was wide right one were you on the field yes were you on field goal block yep yep yeah so when you saw that ball push right what was going through your head i was on i, I won field on both of uh, both times yeah <laughs> just the guards always were with us you know <laughs> i want i want to end with this actually because you know this is what the program is trying to get back to that place and it's been a long time and think we got the right guy now with coach Cristobal but that burning competitiveness that you've talked about from high school that came to college that fit in with the group that had already been winning for you where did that come from how was that built inside of you I, I think you need just you know what's built inside of a person you take our time to, to, to understand a person you know uh, what I mean understanding them is that the way he lived his life right or wrong however you want to look at it that anything that he, he do he hate to lose, you know? But why were you like that? Why were you like that? I can say I was just born like that. I was born like it. Still today, uh, no matter what the circumstances are, you bet on me, I'm going to win, no matter what. You know what I mean? I'm going to win. I'm going to figure it out. Put me, put me, in, the, put me in, the, uh, in the room. I'm going to figure out how to get out of it, you know? Uh, my mind is always turning, and it's always been like that. You can call people a genius, uh, you know, like in the classroom. And, you know, over time, you know, with football, the hits now. Kind of slip sometime now, <laughs> but <laughs> after a while, yeah, I can I can still figure out some things, you know what I mean? But you still had that burning desire, you know, that that fire that's in the inside of you, and that competitive edge you want to always have, and that's kind of you want to look for the guys, guys that want to always compete, compete, compete. You look, you have guys who want to compete, you'll get a you'll get a winner. I mean, that's kind of guys you look for. You know, when you look at your team's success, everyone always focuses on the talent. 
but how much of it was that the mindset or the heart or the emotion that that was that fueled you guys as much as your ability it's the mindset the competitive edge you have in the inside just like you said in the all-star game normally people don't want to i came out in the all-star game i said it i said hey i would have the, the mvp by halftime i can't have it by halftime i left i was out of the game because i want to compete no matter who it is i don't care no matter what the circumstance is and that's why I knew I won't be uh, in a good situation when I got to the University of Miami because I had a competitive edge and nobody know how to work me and nobody not willing to do what I'm willing to do to win, no matter what it takes, you know? And, and that's what you want to find that player that's going to fall down on the ground, that's going to grab a person, that's going to compete to the end, and, and, and to the whistleblow, you know? Well, Jesse, man, this has been great. I, seriously, I feel like if I wasn't looking at you, and this is not, I don't mean this is a criticism, but I was just listening to you, I feel like I still, we still got to, Big time player, man. I still hear it in your voice, man. I hear it in your voice, the way you talk. I, I can see that's how you played. Thank you very much. You got it. Jesse, thanks for making the time and a happy belated birthday. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. All right, Jesse. Appreciate you. All right. Thank you very much.